Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 220 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Well, I've been trying to work out our colony numbers again. The weather is getting hotter and hotter and the bees are packing away the honey. Beekeeping Short and Sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. It's been a meltingly hot week and set to get hotter and hotter next week with record temperatures predicted. More on that shortly but first an update of where things are going with our colonies. Well a partial update I guess. There have been some real success stories to share but also some not-so-good performances. And I guess these are the more important ones to share. It's always easy to talk about how fantastic our colonies are doing and marvel at the amount of honey that's being packed away. Not so easy to talk about the mistakes that we've made or when colonies, for whatever reason, haven't quite reached the level that we expected or have failed completely. Honestly, my record-keeping this year has been appalling barely record keeping really, more like scribbled notes when and if I remember and it doesn't help that it's been so hot because when you're finished at an apiary all you want to do is to get that veil off, rehydrate and then move on to the next apiary. I will get better, I have to keep telling myself that. I'm pretty good at picturing each site and doing a kind of mental walkthrough, seeing each colony and reminding myself of what's been going on with that particular box of bees. Well, I used to be able to do that when we had 70 or 80 colonies. It's not quite so easy now when we have significantly more, as I'm finding out. That said, I sat down with Steph at the end of last week and we thrashed out some numbers to give me a guide as to where we might possibly be. We think we have something like 204 boxes of bees. Now that sounds fantastic, but that's everything. I'm including all the failing boxes of bees in that number, and we're working backwards, downwards from there, I guess. I'm not in a position to accurately add up or subtract dodgy colonies from the good ones at the moment, but what has been noticeable is the very high number of failures we've encountered with our own home produced queens. I'm struggling to think of more than one or two splits that have our own queens in them that's currently a strong honey production colony. It's been something of a nightmare to be honest. The small number of queen cells that I did produce earlier in the season all emerged, mated and, unfortunately, it appears that every one of them has become a drone layer and I'm struggling to understand exactly why because these queens were in an apiary that had the Technoset hives stocked with at least one frame of drone brood each, so there must have been a plentiful supply of drones for them to mate with. 
The weather has been fine for most of the time, so no issues with prolonged cold, rainy weather to prevent them from getting out and mating. So all in all, it's been very disappointing. What I've been doing this week is either uniting these colonies with other stronger queenwright colonies using the newspaper method, or shaking them out and removing the hive back to base for cleaning. We had four this week, not huge numbers, but still disappointing. Staying with the bad news, we've also been managing the CBPV colonies, of which there are several once again. These are all isolated currently, away from our healthy colonies, many, many miles away in fact, but they do need dealing with. I checked up on one on Friday last week, and although they had a filled super of honey, they were beginning to fail, so they will need culling very soon. This needs to happen once all the bees are back in the hive. Preparation is everything with this task. I basically pre-bag them in a large plastic bag and roll this bag down so that the entrance is still open and available to them. Once the bees are all back inside, late at night or very early in the morning, I destroy them as humanely as possible using ethyl acetate, tie up the bag and remove them from the apiary. We've had as many as eight colonies with CBPV this summer, quite high numbers, several from the colonies I purchased, but the majority from our own stock. I produced a video showing one of these with all the signs and symptoms for you to see, so do take a look at it so you know what you're looking out for. Switching to much better news, we have several fantastic splits that are all queen right and looking in great shape. Let me explain. At the Fishing Lake's original apiary, we had several national hives and one of those got away from me and threw up a number of queen cells. Happily, they were all on individual frames, which allowed me to easily divide the colony into six nuke boxes, creating six two-frame nukes to which I added a mixture of drawn frames and foundation. Every single one of these queens has emerged, mated and is laying successfully with a nice worker brood pattern. So how does that work? As I've said before, some of the very best queen cells are the ones the bees produce themselves, and in this instance, it's worked out fantastically well for me. Now, these colonies are never going to produce any surplus honey this year. It will be all they can do to fill the brood box with brood and food, but that will be just fine for me, and some lucky beekeeper is going to get some very nice bees for overwintering and starting off next year with a bang. Another success story has been the Bailey cone change from national to 14 by 12s, and we discovered a really interesting situation this week. In one of these conversions, I had something of a pleasant surprise. Just to recap, we've set up a few colonies to convert them from standard national to the larger 14 by 12 national frames using the Bailey cone change method. With the old queen trapped in the top brood box containing the larger frames, the brood below emerges and adds to the population of the colony. This is different to a shook swarm, for instance, where you remove the brood frames containing any brood or eggs and simply shake all of the bees down into a new box of foundation. Anyway, I was busy checking all of the brood that had emerged in the bottom box when I spotted eggs. Now this shouldn't happen. The old queen is trapped in the top box and happily laying eggs in the new cells being created by the bees with her. 
what we have here is a new queen that has emerged, mated, and begun laying in the bottom box, completely at ease with all around her, and more importantly, all of the workers happily going about their business. What has happened, I think, is the workers have assumed they have a super seizure queen. It's later in the season, so they're not thinking of swarming, and they're just carrying on with two queens. What a bonus! And, for once, we had spare equipment available to allow us to split the colony into two. We moved the new queen in her standard national brood box onto a replacement floor on the same pallet with the entrance pointing in a different direction. Added a queen excluder and drawn super, just in case. Replacement crime board and roof. Bingo! A new colony. The old queen is safely established in the 14 by 12 brood box on the original floor with all the original equipment creating a second colony. All of the flying bees will return to the older queen, so should continue to forage and produce a honey crop while finishing off the final couple of frames of foundation in the brood box. Success! Again, a national hive with a new queen, ready for some lucky beekeeper to purchase from us. This is a prolific hive with great potential. I mentioned the extremely hot weather we've been having and are set to endure in the coming days. Several things to mention here. Personal safety is the priority. Keep hydrated and where possible, stay out of the sun at the hottest part of the day, which seems actually to be late afternoon, not midday. We've been inspecting as soon as the bees have been flying in the morning and as late as seven or eight in the evening, avoiding those searingly hot afternoons. Something we have been doing is adding a top entrance to our hives for easy access to the supers. Now this has only been done with the strongest of colonies and we've kept the entrances quite small. Let me explain. The Technoset hives have an integral top entrance built into the feeders, approximately 3cm wide, giving access to the supers from above. The effect of this is bees returning with nectar for storage can get straight into the supers without having to wade through a congested brood box, hopefully meaning they can get it offloaded into the supers rather than clogging up the brood nest cells, thus allowing the queen to continue laying eggs and maintaining a larger brood nest than otherwise would be available if these cells were filled with nectar. Our honeypour hives also have an integral top entrance built into the roof, not quite as refined as the techno set in that you simply turn the roof upside down and it provides a full width entrance. These are too wide in my opinion and could lead to robbing and fighting, so we use some foam to close off the greater part of the entrance, leaving just a few centimetres for the bees to use and protect. It's not something that we've done before and only really noticed it being useful during the late spring oilseed rape flow, where bees in the Technoset hives were actively using the top entrances. Now, several warnings here, I think. Firstly, if you're going to try this, only do it on the very strongest of hives. Smaller colonies may well find themselves under attack from other bees and wasps. Only use an upper entrance where there is a decent flow on and the bees are very actively bringing nectar back. And finally, close them down as soon as the flow slows and the bees are not so busy at that entrance. I say all of this as someone who hasn't used a top entrance before, so these, I hope, are common sense guidelines rather than rules.
We'll see over the next week or two how it's worked out. We may have a bumper crop in these colonies, or I may find that I regret trying it. But let's stay positive and anticipate an increase in honey being capped in those supers. I don't know about you guys, but I'm seeing more and more wasps right about now, and it's that time of year, I guess. My approach with wasps has changed. I used to make up all manner of wasp traps, beer, vinegar, apple juice, fizzy drinks, some very weird concoctions indeed, which all seem to work in varying degrees, but ultimately always trapped a range of innocent bystanders. Now, I really don't think we need wasp traps. What we need is strong, healthy colonies. These are more than capable of fighting off wasps at a reduced entrance. I've not actually seen any wasps sneaking into the entrances of hives as yet. Most of them suddenly appear when we're inspecting and drop onto the frame that I'm holding for a quick sugary drink and then rush off before they get caught. Those not quick enough are soon dealt with by a strong colony. Talking of colonies, it's time to take a serious look at them and decide if they're strong enough on their own or make the decision that we need to be uniting these weaker colonies with another stronger colony so that they can band together and fight off any of these invaders. The number one technique for helping our colonies deal with wasps is to reduce the entrance. And here I am trying out top entrances. Entrance reduction will happen in about a fortnight, I would think. Firstly, with the smaller colonies, the splits that haven't grown as quickly as I would have hoped. Then, as we get towards the end of the summer flow, larger colonies will have the top entrances closed off and bottom entrances reduced a little. As I said, strong colonies won't need any help. They'll soon deal with any attempts at the front door. But as we slow down, they too will get a small foam plug to make it even more tricky for wasps to sneak past the guard bees. Finally, it's time to prepare the honey room for the summer crop. I don't know about you folks, but our honey room doubles up as a workshop, a microscopy lab, a storage room, and unfortunately a general dumping ground for most of the rest of the year. It's a valuable space that only gets used a couple of times a year for the honey extraction and then mostly for other things. We've boxes and supers and a cluttered table. All of these things need tidying away and the warm room needs to be sorted out too before we start bringing back boxes of honey. I also have a wax clarifier that needs to be emptied of rendered wax and washed out for the next batch of wax cappings to go in. It's not going to be long. And on that particularly exciting and nervy thought, I guess I should get going. Stay safe this week, everyone. It's going to be blisteringly hot. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. <laughs>